are you a fan of like like outlaw country music? Yeah. You don't listen to much country music. You don't come across like I think like if a concert comes up, you'll be like, yeah, I'll go, you know. But you went to Kiss also. Like Kiss is Kiss. Like you got to go for the theatricals, but. I don't consider them a, a, a good rock and roll band, but again, they're, you know, Paul and Gene and the original Ace Freely and Peter Chris on the sticks. I'm happy we went that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a bucket list concert. That's a bucket list. Might never see them again. And it was the, it was two of the original members. Right. Ace and Chris weren't there, but, um, you went to kid rock with me. He's got some country. He's got everything. I mean, he's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. We've been kid rock fans for a long time, but are you a country music fan? Of course you are. Like you, would you I, I go dabble see? In, in most genres of music. Okay, so are you a country music fan to the point to where you would pay to go see John Party like you did pay to go see Kid Rock? Yeah. I mean, I paid to see. I seen Cody Jenks at, uh, up in Tahoe. You did? Yeah. Where? He played, uh, what's the one that used to be the nightclub? Uh, Cal Neva? Cal Neva Hera, on the State Line? Hera's or Harvey's, one of those up at State Line. God, he played he, that big with that thing that used to be a casino has a stage in it. They have concerts and stuff there now. And is he, he good that. or what? So good. Uh, yeah, I like country. Whatever the, the the mood strikes me, I like heavy metal. I like rap. I like rock. I like classic rock. But yeah, I was listening to Outlaw Country on the way out here today. The station. Mm-hmm. They had Brent Cobb's that, been playing on getting played on there a bunch. Yeah, they had a a guy covering a White Stripes song when just when I pulled up, you know the Seven Nation Army song that White Stripes did. Is that Jack White's White Stripes? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, they He's had a, mad talent. They had a country singer covering that. It sounded pretty good. Luke he Combs, good. a big time country artist. You've heard of Luke Combs? I have. Yeah, he just covered and released. He's been covering it for a while, but um, I got a fast uh, car. Yeah. You seen that? Yeah. It's good. I seen him do it live and then I did hear it on his new album. What'd you think of his new album? I haven't heard it. Oh. It's weird about how I am with music because I don't know, like I have I don't know if I have a grudge against it, but I, I don't I listen to the smaller artists. I don't grab on to the the commercial mainstream big time like if a morgan wallen song comes on you know it's almost like that scene in tommy boy you know where they're i wonder if he knows the words of the rem michael stipe song and <laughs> you can change it if you want yeah, to. you can change it if you want and then they're balling like that's how morgan wallen is around dudes right like you don't want to admit that you like him but the, the even though he doesn't have pedal steel and it doesn't sound traditionally country he's got country roots he's an east tennessee guy i i got a lot of respect for him he's good but I don't run out and buy his music. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I'll download and buy a Whiskey Myers album because I just feel like this connection to them. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's almost in, – in I was talking to Cody Jinx today in a podcast, and he said – I asked him we, the subject of his merch came up because his mer- you've never seen anything like it in your life. Yeah. Remember Guns N' Roses lines in San oh, yeah. Francisco in 2016? Multiply that. Like it was like they were doing a ton of merch that night. He's got four lines deep of seventy five people per line waiting to get a Cody Jinx t shirt. That's crazy. And and he and he and he, he said he attributed it to great artists and designers. Yeah. And secondly, to a cult following, not just a cult following, but people that took ownership in him of like they every single one of them will tell you I discovered Cody Jinx. 
because nobody ever heard of him forever. And you know that attitude, like, dude, you got to check out this artist. Like, right. you found him, like, like you were his agent and you were the one that introduced him to the world. You know, like, you're Simon Cowell. But he says all these fans take ownership of him and his career and his band and that's why they buy the merch and they wear it with such pride because it's almost like wearing a full access or behind backstage friends and family credential you know yep and it it's funny because i i kind of look at it a lot of ways like clothing like i remember nobody wore rip curl right and so you if you had rip curl shirts or hurley shirts or whatever but then when they get into like a costco or they get into like the the big malls and everybody's wearing them then like i don't want to wear them anymore right and i feel the same way about music like i'm with you like it's hard to it's hard to say somebody like you know eminent but like uh like dmx you know when i was in high school and dmx you know first started coming out granted there were probably people in his you know area that were listening to him long before i ever heard of him but we were listening to him way before like the Rough Riders anthem came out and stuff like that. And then when that song came out and it, he blew up, then it was like, well, I don't want to listen to him anymore because now I, I feel knows. like a, a, I'm a, I'm the bandwagon. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, I'm the same else, as you. But so gone. do you stop listening to God? like what if Brent Cobb just went huge one day? Would I you- would love it because I feel like I have ownership in his music. Not that I would ever take credit for anything he's ever done. I'm not saying it like that in those terms. I'm saying like. I want him to be heard by the masses. Right. The world you wouldn't is, stop the, listening. The to world me. deserves to hear that lyric. I mean, Guns N' Roses, the, I still listen to Guns N' Roses and they went commercial. But, dude, if you listen to the history of Guns N' Roses and how Slash found Duff and they both found Axel after he moved from Indiana to LA and, and how they wrote Welcome to the Jungle and what, and dude, they were so much different than any other 80s quote unquote hair, you know, hair, what do you call them? Anthem. Uh, big hair band you know they weren't a big hair band they got they got put into that category because it was the timing of that decade but they were not a poison no or a white snake even though david coverdale's a badass and brett michaels can hold his own they weren't dangerous like guns and roses you know they weren't freaking they weren't putting out songs like rocket queen and talking about the shit that they talked about on appetite for destruction that and they'd already had out you know a couple songs that ended up being on on lies and the b-sides of that but they were dangerous. And so when I found them, not that I discovered them, but when Mark no. Senegorda introduced me to their music, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like this is this is like eighth or ninth grade. This is 1986, 87. So it would have been eighth grade, maybe 12 years old. And I'm at Warehouse Records and Tape standing in line to buy Appetite for Destruction <laughs> because they put that single out. They put out Night Train, I think it was, and Welcome to the Jungle. And the rest was history. I've never quit listening to them, even though they went big. I always felt like a connection to their 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 how different they were at that time because I was into music big time. I was listening to all the 80s hair bands and you know the Motley Crues and the Quiet and even though the crew was a little bit dangerous and they were like the second baddest ass band of that time, you know. Mm-hmm. They were and then there was Cinderella that was a big hair band but you know Kiefer Tom Kiefer is just a different vocalist to me. So I took if you go into my house or my studio, there's records of vinyls of Cinderella on the wall, but there's not poison. There's not a whole bunch of them that were around at that time because there were certain bands that I took in a, took a huge affiliation with because they were just different. They stood out to me. And that's what Brent Cobb does to me. That's what Cody Jinks does to me. Whiskey Myers, I think is as talented as any rock band of all time. Their musicianship, their lyrics, their stage presence. I mean, they're amazing. Their their merch line was huge in Laughlin too, which I think is part of what 
you know, like Cody Jinks is saying is for a lot of, you know, they're relatively not unknown, but I mean, they're not as, as big as some other bands, but the people that are into them, they're into them. Like they follow them around and they, you know, they want to buy their gear and do all that stuff, which is, I think that's great. I just saw, um, don't say you saw a band that's coming here. No. Uh, Cody Jinx was in an, uh, was in an article and it, and it, the title of the article is something to the effect of if you're not on country radio, you can't be successful. And he's standing there with like a dozen gold records and platinum. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, and he's not on country radio. He owns everything. He has, he has a yeah. manager, but he owns his record label. He owns all of his touring. He buys and does his own merch. You know, he doesn't have a third party company doing it. He has third party designers. Sure. But dude, he's doing five to seven to 15,000 seat arenas and selling a shirt to probably every single person in there. And those shirts are way overpriced when you go to a concert. Cody's probably the kind of guy that doesn't overprice his shit. He probably wants his fans to wear it and enjoy it and not have to pay. Like Guns N' Roses, you pay, I think I paid $35 for a $2.75 trucker hat that had a foam iron on. And I still wear it all the freaking time. But it's where I was going with that is, you know, when you were talking about DMX and, and you made a comment about, you know, when you see a shirt go mainstream, I want to wear vintage stuff. Right. Stuff that I was there and got it at a concert or somebody was there and got it for me. Um, or in a hand-me-down store. Like, this is going to sound weird, but, dude, I went into this store in New York City, and I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could give them props. I need to find the name of it. I got Alyssa. She was with me, and she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. I got her a vintage Taylor Swift shirt from one of her first concerts when Alyssa would probably have been, like, three years old, nine years ago. Right. I got Tater a vintage Zach Brown shirt because he's from Georgia and she's from Georgia. I got a vintage Garth Brooks shirt from the tour. I had this shirt in high school <laughs> from 92 when he played at Lawler Event Center, but I wore it out. And it says Reno, Nevada on the back of it. Does it really? Yeah, I'll show it to you. And then I got a vintage Billy Ray Cyrus Hanky Breaky Heart shirt from a tour that I went to that I've, show too. I've seen that shirt on you. That's really I wore it to Kid Rock maybe. Yeah, you'd think you did. He's got a big old mullet in it. Yeah, but vintage to me is cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, too. That's why these guys around here in Jen, they're always giving me shit like, you're a hoarder. And I'm like, how am I a hoarder? I don't have a bunch of coffee cans saved up with a bunch of rocks in <laughs> marbles them. In them. Marbles yeah. in them. I have stuff that's nostalgia. Nostalgic to me. One day when I have it my way and I have a big, you know, my, my, my forever home or whatever you call it. Dude, I'm going to have an unreal walkthrough museum of, I was just looking at some stuff today. My buddy Hunter McLemore sent me these 1970. 45 records of P.S. Olt, of Mr. Olt giving duck calling instructions. On a record? On a 45 record. Wow, that's cool. Uh, two years ago, he sent me a 45 record of his dad who won the Worlds three times in the 70s and 80s, Mike McLemore. He sent me one of his original duck calls, a Jack Minor band that his dad killed, two of them, and a 45 record that Mike put out back in the early 80s. Wow. And it's got a picture of him in the flooded timber calling. And... um so now he sent me three more records of P.S. Old. So I started laying it all out. I got his dad's 45. I got these three records. I got these Jack Meyer bands. I got this duck call. I got this, this you know, like when you go to a Chinese restaurant and they got those dragon menus that oh, are yeah. shaped weird and you pick your month and you figure out, oh, I'm a tiger if I'm in October or whatever. Well, this is like that kind of looking mat. And it says, what is a duck hunter or the definition of a duck hunter? 
And it's almost like something that would have been sitting on a table in a cafe in Stuttgart, Arkansas back in the 80s, and you would just eat off of it, right? Yeah. Well, he sent me this that his dad had. And I'm picturing this shadow box of his dad, pictures of me and Hunter hunting together. Um, we've hunted together in Arkansas. We've hunted together in Canada. He's coming to Kansas with me this year. And then, you know, all those records and those bands and that duck call. Like, that's cool shit, right? Mm -hmm. It means something to me. It's different than, like... There's guys like a, a mutual friend of ours that has an unbelievable memorabilia collection because he's addicted to unbelievable sports memorabilia. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is brought to you by The Provider. The Provider's mission is to help everyone enjoy a well-seasoned meal no matter where they are or what they're cooking. They currently offer 12 unique dry rubs, an incredible wing sauce, and a number one selling cookbook, all designed to elevate the flavor of any dish. Their rubs come in airtight containers that keep them fresh and flavorful for a long time. And unlike other rubs that can be overpowering or too salty, the provider's rubs strike the perfect balance of flavors. The cookbook, co-written by hunting enthusiasts Chad Belding and Chad Mendez, is a work of art with incredible photos by Tom Rasheen and stories of people hunting and providing. It's so beautiful, you'll want to sit down and appreciate every single page. It's packed with recipes and designed specifically for wild game and domestic meats, making it the perfect addition to any cook's arsenal. Head over to theproviderlife.com. With new additions every week, the website is a treasure trove of free cooking tutorials, provider tips, and unique recipes that will help you take your culinary skills to the next level. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the kitchen, the provider has something for everyone. This episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody is also brought to you by our friends at Corning Ford. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly SUV or a truck that can withstand your life of adventure, Corning Ford's outstanding selection has something for everyone. And with their knowledgeable staff and competitive pricing, you can trust that you're getting a great deal on a high-quality vehicle. Don't wait any longer to start living your dream on four wheels. Visit Corning Ford today, and don't forget to mention your favorite podcast sent you over. But I wonder if he's addicted to purchasing it, and I don't mean that in it. Like, I think he likes the chase as much as he likes the actual piece. Well, then why does he display it? Well, you got to do something with it. Why? If you only like the chase, he likes that idea of of the the the... Yeah, I guess the chase and the satisfaction of knowing that you got the it. The exclusivity I don't think, that he's, I don't think it's all expenses to him. Like, he won't go. He's not going to No, no, go. no, yeah. But he takes a lot of pride in the way he displays it, and it's fascinating how unbelievable it yeah. is. Mine, I don't buy any sports memorabilia unless it's personalized. Like, I don't pay. Like, all here, I should say it this way. I've been given a lot of jerseys and have the person that gave it to me sign it. I've also met people that I knew weren't going to have a jersey readily available, and I wasn't on that level of probably getting one with them. So, uh, yes, I have purchased an authentic MLB jersey and then had them sign it. But yeah. it still meant something because the, right next to that jersey is a picture of them hunting with me. Right. Does that make sense? It's not just – it's it's like a friendship collection. No, 100%. And it's, you, it's, a, it's as much your memories as it is that that person's – So is that considered hoarding? No. I have all the same kind of stuff. I, I know mean, me. The I'm the got, same as you. I keep all my concert tickets, you know, backstage pass. All I keep all that stuff. What are you going to do with it someday? You can't hand it down. Like you know, no, if no, no, I no. left that stuff for Alyssa, she'd be like, "Okay, for example, I was with a buddy of mine in SCI, and I'm going through his house, and I'm looking at all of his, all of his mounts, and I'm like, dude, your wife doesn't even hunt. What if?" And he goes, "Dude." It's already been taken care of. It's a great question. And I said, let me guess. I said, museums. And he said, you're exactly right. 
every mount <laughs> is insured and documented with a letter of authenticity of where the harvest took place, year, location, all that. And it's they're all going to different museums around the world. That's kind of cool. Like I said, well, do you put it in Cabela's? Because you know, it's now nah, they got too many of them. But it's going to go into stuff like the Smithsonian and and Arkansas Game and Fit. Like all these different museums around the world have already been it's already been dictated and decided where each mount will go like you're not your your collection of memorabilia my collection of memorabilia because it's so personal isn't going to mean shit to anybody nobody's going to buy a ricky henderson jersey that says to chad right unless unless their name's chad Chad, too (laughs) and they're a huge ricky you want to hear a funny story about ricky henderson yeah you know how i'm always like do people just hit me up for the craziest shit and stuff I get a DM. Jensen, you know, these DMs go to Tom and Jen and then they forward them to me. It literally says, hey, I need a favor. I met you at a duck calling contest and we were in camp together 15 years ago or something. Um, I just watched the episode of you hunting with Ricky Henderson. I have four baseball cards of him and I'm wondering if you could get them signed no. for me. Swear my life. And I'm like, <laughs> like, what What do you say to that? Are you a dick if you say no? Well, I are you a dick no but yes say no <laughs> say no like uh, yeah could you imagine being like ricky i know you've signed all this stuff for me but uh, here's four more cards from a guy in wherever no yeah i would say no i don't i would politely say no i would say i don't i, I don't do that kind of stuff i don't want to yeah, be responsible ricky, for your yeah, I'm not. ricky's stuff. not my yeah. i have done it where you know i'll meet a kid and he'll be like hey i know you know this guy do you think and i'll be like yeah I'll, you know a kid's different Kids different. The kids when you know when you know it's going to mean something to a kid and spark his or her attention to keep their interest going. But back to what we were talking about that that memorabilia nostalgia. What are you going to do with your stuff if you're keeping something as 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 trivial as a concert ticket? There's millions of them printed every year. But dude, I got you see my table. That's I want. I will. I'll have a similar thing to what you have. It's a conversation I, piece. I, I kind of picture mine more in like a frame. But yeah, you know, like I'll just have... And then, yeah, people come over and they look and they you went to, you know, Motley Crue at whatever Lawler Event Center. Yeah, I went to, you know... And, and hopefully I'll remember all that stuff. Or, you know, remember... It's hard, you know... Th- I was just thinking to myself, I like them because it like jogs my memory because I'll forget, you know? Oh yeah. You remember, remember when that dude jumped that motorcycle out in front of the Grand Sierra resort and it was like a world record dirt bike jump back in the day. Yeah. I was there with a backstage pass, went to the after, I totally forgot about that. And then I saw the other day, I saw the pass or anything of him jumping it. uh, Probably. I don't know. That's not with it, but yeah, I, I forget all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, I have it all like, a lot like you and one day you know i'll sit down with a frame or maybe clint will help me and i'll make a badass piece the, the thing is is i still have you know what i mean just when we went to whiskey myers i i threw that backstage pass and that ticket you know in the collection the same with all the baseball tickets so it'd be cool to have like a baseball one a football one you know concerts whatever just kind of have them all sectioned out yeah i think but to answer your question it'll get thrown maybe they'll put it up on an easel at my funeral and then it'll get thrown in the but dumpster see, but see that, that's the thing though is like if let's say that this relationship you're in lasts forever and your girlfriend owns that place that's a perfect place to have that kind of stuff that's what people walk in and they're like no i'm not saying that like you're going to keep hold of it but there might be some stuff in your collection that's when you go into billy bob's texas there's two frames on this the, there's tons of stuff in there but in the fort this is in fort worth texas 
big honky tonk. There's the most. There's all these cement handprints of all these artists, and then they write their name. There, there's signatures on it. Those are cool. Yeah. But then there's these two massive frames of all backstage passes, and I find myself mesmerized by That's it. Awesome. Like, dude, could you imagine? There's Waylon. There's Randy Travis before he got in his accident. There's Loretta. Like, can you imagine like being the owner of Billy Bob's and being there on all those nights oh, and being dude. able to collect all those? That's American history. Mm-hmm. Like that's musical history, which music is in the Bible. Music is hugely important in the aspect of whether it was Africa or Europe or, I mean, the Beatles and the the revolution of rock and roll. Like music is amazing. <clears throat> and I'm just intrigued by it of like the, the ambiance of, okay, not the ambiance, but the romance of how I grew up with music makes me look at somebody like Wade Platt's if you're listening and want to shake the shit out of him, if I was strong enough to do it, like he doesn't listen, you to don't music. fucking know who this is. Singing. It's like, <laughs> dude, it could be literally Elvis. And he'll be like, what is that? Toby Keith. And jo- I'm like, and he's serious as a heart attack. And I'm, and his wife loves music. She just rolls her eyes. Allie's just like, what the fuck? He's just like, Oh yeah, we're going up to see this guy up at the lake. I think his name's something like, uh, like uh, Stapleton, I'm like, yeah, dude, he's only one of the greatest <laughs> songbirds yeah. of our lifetime, right? Joe DeRico's the same way, man. It, <laughs> when I used to work with him, you know, the only thing in his truck ever going was like AM radio, you know, like talk radio. And I'm like, you don't listen to music? And to this day, I still tell people, I'm like, Joe doesn't listen. Joe knows that one song, you know, put me in coach, I'm ready to play because it's baseball Fodry. related. But other than that, he, he doesn't, he never listens to music. And it cracks me up too because I'm, Prior to being with Jilly, you know, I would put that's how I went to sleep every night. I would put an hour, an hour uh, sleep on my uh, thing and listen to music till I fell asleep. And sometimes you you would get the, you know, the wrong five songs in a row would play and I wouldn't be able to go to sleep because I'd be listening to them. You know, Um, I was just thinking when you brought up that Billy Bob's, how cool is that hallway in the Grand Sierra Resort that has all those signatures? I mean, yeah, you just walk through and just. There's I mean, the Beastie like Boys are on there. There's, there's. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's on, it's on. You can spend hours. Oh yeah. And I, I was go, thinking, like, how, how cool it would be to get that. You know, if they were ever going to demo that, cut that sheetrock out and hang that, dude. Oh, that'd if be you amazing. found a badass artist you wanted, be amazing. So great. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to have the picture frames at the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset Boulevard. Oh in LA. my God. Have you been? Yeah, me and you. Went. Remember when we were going through all? We just yeah, walked I around. I just walked around the whole time and looking at Axel and those pictures of Slash back in the day. Well, you remember Lemmy? Lemmy was still alive, yeah, and that Lemmy, bartender he, was like, "Dude, if you guys hang out long enough, he'll probably come in here." He yeah, comes pretty he, much every he day. He lives in that apartment. He lives in that condo. Yeah, lives like street. right there. We hung out there for a while, man. That was. I'd like to go back there. When I are know. we going to do a trip like that? Where we're going? I guess we're going to have somewhat of one this month. Yeah, that's going to be fun, huh? Are you are are you at all? Just I'm a little bit like nervous about San Francisco. Not nervous. I just don't want to see where we're staying. But yeah, I hate that place. I know, but I just don't even want to see it. I've never, I've never seen, I've seen, I've seen it bad. But I, from what I understand, I've never seen it this bad. The Oakland's on the news right now. You saw they were having some sideshow, and a dude got his car run into, and he got out to, to you know, because he just got his car run, and they they jumped him on the sidewalk and just beat the daylights out of him in Oakland. Oakland completely knocked out. They're just stomping his head, and, and he's an older guy. And they ran into his car doing donuts in the middle of the street. He gets out of the car. What are you going to do? I mean, I guess they'll tell you, 
And they'll just get a slap on the wrist if they got caught. They won't even get caught. Yeah, they won't get caught at all. Sickening. It's absolutely sickening. I am looking forward to being in. I I really want to go to Buena Vista and get Irish coffees one night when we're there. Is that a bar? Yeah. That's known for that? Oh, my God. It's so famous for it. Is it an Irish bar? Uh, what is the Irish bar that we always hang out there in the daytime? We used to go to Lefty O'Doul's, but they, that's closed now. The big place, Lefty's, is closed? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Because of COVID? No, they closed before that. I think they just went out of business. I think the, the original owner died and his family tried to take it over, and then they, they didn't, didn't make it or whatever. Yeah, they closed a while ago. That place was the best. But, yeah, uh, they line up the Irish coffee cups like 10 deep. And, you know, put sugar cubes in all of them, then go back across with the coffee. And the dudes, like, flick the coffee out of it to make them all the same level. And then they come back through with the whiskey and fill them up. And then they have hand-stirred uh, hand uh, cream. And oh. they go back. Dude, they're so good. We oh got to go God. do it. Are we going to – is it a bad part of town? No. I mean, How you, you used to want to walk there. Now you, you would want to take a – uber or cab or whatever uh, 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 uh an armed guard yeah uh, yeah an armed uh what do they call that when they, uh yeah that's what is wrong with my vocabulary guard. today i don't know a police, i, I a threw police you off court thinking about the irish coffees police escort right yeah i don't know i that so what do you think you're gonna do with this stuff like the house you live in right now do you consider this your forever home no have you guys had talks about anything yeah oh we just talk about I, I would I want more property and I want to be in a different city. So I would like to have a smaller house with a big shop on big flat ground, you know what I mean? And and not in Reno you, anymore. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, so am I. Tennessee bound. Where I would love to go to Tennessee, dude. If we looked for if we invested in, you know, hundred fifty, three hundred acres and just built homes in different parts of it, be oh, cool be so shit. awesome. Yeah, not like it wouldn't be like a David Koresh thing. Don't I'm not going there. Even I, though we could. You could if you just don't say the word compound and you say like a master plan community of friends. Yeah. Who's to say we couldn't like have our own government there and have like a little city hall? Build a <laughs> build a big brick wall around just it. Just apply to be our own city like Black Rock City does at Burning Man every. How many acre pond do you have to have for all of us to duck hunt on there? You don't duck hunt in that part of Tennessee. Where are you we're, going? We're only four short hours from the best duck hunting in the country. What part of Tennessee are you going to? Nashville. There's no duck oh. in Nashville. You're going to be around Nashville. It's close hopefully. to Nashville, yeah. Turkeys and deer and bass fishing and crappie like it's going out of style. And then Duck hunting, tra- I mean, there's the duck river there and there's some stuff. But if you go to western Tennessee around Real Foot Lake and get down towards the I-40 corridor of Memphis and then go west from there into Arkansas, and you got Jonesboro and the I-40 corridor and then the Grand Prairies to the south of that where Stuttgart is, and that's the flooded timber. But that's like that's you know that's five hours from Nashville Drive. It's right there. That's easy. Yeah, you're right. In the dude, so much. Most of America's continental United States hunting takes place in that area. There's a uh, lot of hunting in the West. Don't get me wrong, but sixty percent of the nation's hunters, a stat that I heard, live within six hour drive in Nashville, Tennessee. Really? Yeah. Can you get us hooked up with uh, the biggest white-tailed deer in the country? What do you mean? In, in Tennessee, not the country. What do you I'm mean? In that country. Can we get set up there? What are the, like, hunt, like, fair chase white-tail? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Easy. I'm just Like, one- tomorrow. I can do that for you right now in the state of Ohio to kill a pig pig. Really? Yeah. I've never killed a white-tail of you. Oh, uh, yeah. Kansas. Hmm. Clay killed one, too. 
Yeah, I, I do. Gonna... I I do know I'm getting out of here. Even just Reno itself is. I got to get out of here. You should see the the. There's a retail store by the restaurant that closed maybe a week and a half to two weeks ago, and there's already a homeless encampment in their loading dock. I, I don't even understand how they know. Uh, but I guess it's because they have nothing but time to wander around and, and find a place to take advantage of people. I, I walked out there today, and because it rained, they have all their clothes hung up on the loading dock rails. But you got to know there's nowhere to go to the bathroom over there ex- except for in the parking in, lot. In the parking lot where, you know, everybody else that's in this community has to walk around. And I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. just, it's sickening. It is. I'm tired of this place. I, all we ever do is bitch about Reno. It's, I guess it's better just keep your mouth shut because right. people know now, like, oh, here they go again. Right. But it's true. This was a quick one. We got a late start. This life ain't for everybody breaking it down. Nostalgia. We're going to come back and talk about some of our favorite collection items, like that bat you just got signed. Oh, my God. Or my baseball that George signed for me. It says, go F yourself. And I got one that says F you. I got the really, hat this time. The hat. Yeah, you got the hat time. You got the, is the shadow box done yet? Clint's going to add the hat to it this week, and then it's done. You're going to hang it right away? It's already hung. You got hung. a place? It's already hung. I wouldn't know. I never get invited over to the house unless I get a surprise birthday party I'll announcement. Have, I'll have you. What about when we went over there after the DU dinner? Oh, that was that was needed. <laughs> so we'll, I'll see you Thursday at lunch with the great Fred Dallimore. Yep, we're in the back room. You need a few more answers on that RSVP list, too. Marini. Shalene. He's let's see if Shalene will write right back. Text Scott Shalene. What do you want to say? Are you good to go Thursday? Question mark. Done. By the way, to send messages faster, try turning on automatically send messages in your Siri settings. How how much faster could it get? Wow, that was pretty fast, but thank you, Siri. like to see what she looks like, huh? Bada bing, huh? Bada bing. Uh, hickory dickory dock. Oh, we got to talk about Andrew Dice Clay someday. You got to look uh, at his Instagram. It's pretty funny, dude. Is it? Oh, my God. God, I need to start following some people. Oh, yeah, you do need to do that. I'm going to have to. All right, we'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about Alex's favorite pieces that he has in his collection. I'll talk about a few of mine. We'll talk about some uh, plans we have for the summer, Lake Tahoe and Almanor and Wyoming and Montana and New York City and Florida, Orange Beach. Uh, we're going to go quite a few places. And I'm going to Texas to bass fish with my buddy Brett. Got a lot of plans. We're going to be busy. Going to be in Nashville again pretty soon, throwing down with uh, Jack Daniels. Speaking of Jack Daniels, it's been another episode. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking ever. I love all the flavors, the fire, the honey, the apple, the new 10, the 12, Jack, old number seven, the gentleman Jack, the single barrel, single barrel, barrel select, the Sinatra, the gold. I love them all. There's a lot more coming too. Jack Daniels, again, enjoy it responsibly. Straight out of Lynchburg, Tennessee. For Alex Crosby, I'm Chad Belling. This has been Breaking It Down, part of the This Life Ain't For Everybody family of podcasts. Peace. Peace.